Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. This is the Engaging Missions Show, episode 244. This week, we're talking with David Kim about the importance of having leaders who raise up other leaders. Any any Christian, any believer and follower of Jesus is capable of just being that spark. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for stopping by and welcome to the show. We want to see the body of Christ fully connected and engaged in what God is doing. And if you're looking for more than you can find in just this show, visit missionalaudio.com. There you'll find audiobooks and podcasts related to missions and church planting, evangelism, missional living, things like that. Stuff that I think that you'll find really valuable. This week, I have some listener feedback, a resource for you, and we're going to talk with our guest about his passion for seeing churches engage in the Great Commission, regardless of the particular model they follow, as well as the importance of understanding that leadership should involve reproducing other leaders. I think this is a really valuable conversation. But before we do that, I want to say a huge thank you to Jay for sharing some of our posts on social media. I noticed that you did that. There are others as well. But Jay, I just want to say thank you for doing that. I very much appreciate it. And I believe that what you're doing is helping other people connect with the things that are valuable for them. So thanks for doing that. I very much appreciate it. With that, we're going to head right to our time with David. All right. Today we have with us David Kim. He's a husband, a father, a disciple maker, and the pastor of a small church. He was born in South Korea. He's lived in Iran, and now he's in Northern California. And he wrestles with the question, how do we live out church planting movement principles as a local church? David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. Good to be here with you. Oh, this is absolutely my pleasure. I so appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to to do this, to share the things that God's done in your life. As we get started, I was thinking about some of this, and then we chatted a little bit, and I'm just wondering, what is it that you see as the role of the local church in fulfilling the Great Commission? Mm -hmm. You know, a few years ago, our church theme was going deeper. We picked out like a theme for the year, and it was basically about discipleship and how we how we as a church can help build disciples. And so I just started doing some research and, you know, what's the best way to make disciples? And there's mm. so many good resources and, and groups out there. And as I began to think about what I did and I began to think about how many disciples that I'm actually making and... I began to think about how many, you know, if we could use that language, spiritual sons and daughters who really are brought up to, you know, you know as do what I would do. And if I was honest with myself, I was thinking, okay, if I could, if we have 10 years, you know, they could preach like I preach and do the things that I do and administration, all the church things. And mm-hmm. 
I just, I just began to feel a little pain in my heart. And I was just thinking, is there a better way? And it was in that time that I met somebody who was from Oregon and he came down here to Dublin, California, where I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. And he, he started going door to door here in my own city. And to me, that was a shock. I've never done door to door evangelism in my city or much in my mm-hmm. life at all. And, and just in a short time of a week and a half, I, I started to see people get saved, starting to be discipled and, and, and the beginnings of a church in several instances and just happening so quickly and so powerfully. And so that kind of piqued my curiosity. And I started thinking, you know, what can we do as a church? And is it making disciples? And is there a better way? And if there is, why wouldn't we do what seems to be most effective with the time that God's given us and the energy that we have? So, yeah, so that got me really thinking about our role as a church. And and I, I think the church, to answer your question, I think the church really needs to be about making disciples because that's what Jesus has called us to do. And I think I'm grateful for all the expressions of church. And I pastor a church that, you know, we have Sunday worship and we have our prayer meetings and Bible study, men's mm-hmm. and women's groups and things like that. But we began to kind of change things here at the church to make it more conducive to making disciples. Like at our worship, we started, you know, having time for question and answers afterwards. We had time for training where I wouldn't preach as much, which is, you know, mm-hmm. not easy for pastors to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just preach maybe 15 minutes and then rest of the time just spend training people, modeling things like how to share the gospel with a gospel sharing tool, and then actually setting up tables all over the sanctuary and having people grow, break up into pairs and practicing. We we started just empowering people to learn to evangelize and learn how to make disciples. And so I just started thinking about church differently and what discipleship meant and how we can equip disciple makers and get them rooted in God's word and in the flow of the Holy Spirit. And and so, yeah, I think all expressions of, of, of church are important in what God is doing. And But yeah, I think we really need to have every, every member of the body of Christ passionate about fulfilling Jesus's great commission. Yeah. As you're talking about that transition and some of the things that you opened up, you know, taking less time to, to preach and more time to answer questions and to model and to provide some really almost hands-on training, I would imagine that that kind of shift had some transformative effects for you, for, for the church body, and then also potentially to the community. What kinds of changes or transformations have you seen come as a result of what you're doing? Well, I guess one of the things is I've gotten really excited about mm-hmm. ministry, just to see people affirmed and empowered and equipped to to do the work of ministry. We've, I've seen several people, uh, many of our church people at church have gone, gone out into the harvest with me, which is very exciting. And we, I've seen one man in our young man in our church, just, just sit heart ablaze for, for God and for the harvest. And so, you know, he's been going out on prayer walks every week to, to the local high school nearby and just sharing the gospel, praying for kids and planning on starting a Bible, Bible study campus Bible study church type of thing on campus there. And just to see, to think of Jesus is calling to go 
and to make disciples, just seeing people see their identity as disciple makers. That's just been so exciting for me to see. Yeah. You you mentioned some of the excitement that comes out of this, and I would imagine some of that's potentially from seeing results. Some of that's just from seeing transformation in people's lives and aligning with with faith. But I'm I'm wondering how 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 has this also stretched you as a leader? Mm. Yeah, I think it stretched me as a leader in just thinking about what leadership is. For me, I think of leadership as as the the term servant leadership is really helpful for me to think about. I tend to do a lot of things here at the church because I'm here a lot and, you know, everything from, you know, maintenance to whatever needs to be done. But and in ministry, I tend to do the same. You know, I I could be the professional prayer. I could be the Mm -hmm. professional disciple maker. But it stretched me to. One thing is to simplify things that I do so that I could be more intentional about being reproducible, something being reproducible. So, you know, I could in my message, I could, you know, throw in all my experience in Bible study and all the great things I find, but sometimes purposely to condense it and summarize it and make it make it easily reproducible and to be caught and to be passed on. Just to think about leadership as reproducing has been helpful. I am out in the harvest weekly and, you know, sharing the gospel and discipling and, 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 and doing that. But as my burden and vision for the Bay Area here in San Francisco has been growing, I'm, I, my heart is really burdened with the fact that there's no way that I could do this mm. on my own. Yeah. I would love to be able to do this, you know, five, six days a week and just be out in the harvest and sharing the gospel. But at the same time, I realize this vision is much bigger than about myself. And and so for that to happen, I need to really take to heart, you know, Ephesians 4 is of equipping mm-hmm. the members of the body to to do the work of ministry. So And so I have to get over my wanting and feeling of wanting to be needed and to be appreciated and and to really begin to empower people and release them and model it for them and 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 help them be confident and confident in what they do comfortable and and to go and do the works themselves and not not feel like I need to do everything oh that, that that's really good as I'm thinking about this one, one of the things that stuck out to me as we were chatting and as I was kind of researching a little bit is the fact that you had an existing church that, as near as I could tell, was functioning on a relatively traditional model. And then you started to to shift to this more of a disciple-making movement or a church-planting movement type model of, of ministry. I would suspect that there are some other pastors out there that might have a heart to do this, but they're not quite sure how to effectively lead their church through this kind of transition. How did you lead your church through this? Yeah, I think the first thing was for me, starting out in just in the Gospels and in the Book of Acts, and Mm. really getting convinced about what the Great Commission was, and then understanding that what Jesus modeled was something that I could do. So what I did was I thought about church and in a few different ways. First thing 
We changed a few of the ways we approach ministry, like I mentioned, making it more interactive, having trainings throughout the year. I One thing I did to start it out was we did a like an eight-week series on what I called following Jesus into the harvest movement. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much took a lot of the pieces of church planning movement and principles and and things. And I ju- would just teach 10, 15 minutes on it and then spend the rest of the, the, the service on practicing and training those things. And so after those eight weeks, it was great. And every couple, every month we would organize times to go out into the harvest, which for us meant dividing up our neighborhood around our church and breaking up into teams of twos and going and offering to pray for people. And then asking if they have heard the gospel before and sharing the gospel. And and so I just kind of introduced it into our church with the idea of, you know, are we making disciples? And if this is a great way for us to be activated in that. And so I did an eight-week series and to kind of ease us into it. And then from there, I kind of saw who got excited about it and who took the principles and ran with it and who we started sharing the gospel with people around them and just to spend more time with them. And so that was a good place for me to start. And one of the people that was our youth pastor, Jason. And so we actually, we just recently brought him on staff a few months ago. And hmm. instead of having him do a traditional youth ministry, we really hired him to do mostly outreach to Dublin High, hmm. which is just a block and a half away from our church. And during lunchtime, we have, you know, tens, maybe hundreds of kids walking through our parking lot and after school. And, and so, so we're supporting him as a part-time youth pastor, but more as an outreach missionary to our community. But also, so I think, I think that was one way that might be easy for pastors to ease into it. You know, I I talked to a a couple of pastors who have led churches through a similar transition. There was a guy I talked to, I want to say it was in South Africa now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he mentioned was that as they were transitioning, there were some people that weren't really ready to go there. And so part of what he viewed as his job was to help them find a church where they were comfortable with where things are going. Have you had to help Mm -hmm. any, any people find a new home where they could be aligned with the way they were walking out their faith? Mm Hmm. No, I haven't experienced that yet in our context. You know, I I think people have been really open to different ways of approaching things. And, you know, we've never really had a strong evangelistic focus at our church. And I think it kind of hit a chord and with our congregation. And once we began Mm -hmm. to talk about it, it was something we we all had a value for somewhere, but it, it kind of really really gelled once I began to share about it. And and I think once we began to kind of make this a focus for our church and an emphasis, I think it started drawing more people and brought more definition to our mission and our vision. So I think it's been strengthening for us in my experience. You're in Northern California here in the U.S. I think that sometimes we have the perspective that that America is a Christian nation. And so by default, pretty much everybody knows the gospel and they either have or haven't responded to it. What What is the actual spiritual reality where you are? You know, as we're meeting people and especially as we're 
looking for persons of peace and doing door-to-door evangelism. I, I think one of the ways we engage, the main way, is offering to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And and it seems to be that the people that we're running into the most are people who sort of pray and you know don't really read the Bible, but they think of themselves as still Christians because they're not some other religion. And I think just think thinking of connecting them with the person of Jesus and what he said, and maybe not thinking of it so much as a religion and just really drawing people to thinking about what does it mean to follow Jesus. I think that's been, been helpful. Yeah, that, that's, that's cool. You know, we, we've kind of danced around a little bit the idea of the, the church being the center for movement, a, a small local church. And you've mm-hmm. shared a little bit about your vision. If you were to really try to, to paint us a picture and go, okay, in my mind, when this is really working the way I think God would have it work, this is how it would look. What, what would you share with us? Yeah. You know, kind of going back to your previous question about what can local churches do in fulfilling the Great Commission and yeah. how we've our journey as well. And thinking about this question, I've thought of, you know, the whole idea of transitioning from a traditional local church to a church that's pursuing movement and and taking the Great Commission seriously and wanting to see disciples, makers equipped. And I, for me personally, one of the things I think about is, maybe this is more with, with your previous question, but I think of doing traditional church ministry, but also I think of myself as a bivocational church planning missionary as as well, too. Hmm. So because I do appreciate, you know, what the local church does and, and we have buildings and we have programs and we have people and resources and and self-sustaining and financially and just a lot of a lot of great things that that God's given to us and just thinking afresh about how we could best use those resources that God's given us. So, but on the side, so I think of myself as pastoring part-time, meaning I do administration, I do building management with different various churches and groups that use our facilities. Hmm. I do part of my time, a lot of my time is with building management and property management. We have quite a few churches and others that use our facilities, but part of my time I also see as a bivocational church planning missionary. So I kind of try to cover all the bases and I do that as with the blessing of my church and our church elders and leadership. And and so I I'm able to embrace and explore and and just let Holy Spirit bless the different areas of that. And and so I I want to be I want to see people, ordinary people, meaning, you know, not ordained pastors and, you know, people who have a business card or, you know, think they're on full-time ministry. Yeah. I, I think we're, we're all in full-time ministry, every, every follower of Jesus. And, and we're always open to be being used by the Holy Spirit and able to reproduce ourselves in, in the sense that we could share the gospel with, with power and conviction, with love that, People could be, you know, saved and delivered and transformed. It's, it's so amazing. I, I would like to see in the long run, I'm open to just different models, maybe possibly meeting monthly for times of prayer and vision casting with all the house churches meeting together. 
and also weekly with prayer meetings. We have a strong prayer emphasis as well, and and also in uniting our region in prayer. We call it United Prayer, and we have many churches and ministries getting involved and houses of prayer. And so kind of like what I see in Acts, people meeting in homes and 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 also meeting together regularly, even daily for prayer and for fellowship. So yeah, just kind of uh, in the long run picture, that's kind of what I'm envisioning. And so part of it is just that transition and, you know, letting God lead that transition. And as he blesses, I, I want to have a model that is going to be prepared for the revival and, and the harvest, great mm. harvest coming in. Because with even with every church in our city and our region, you know, even if we were to have 10 services, I don't think we could be prepared for, you know, the, the amount of people that you know, if there were to be another Jesus movement or another, you know, revival or renewal, there wouldn't be enough church buildings. And, but at the same time, we live in the Bay Area, Bay Area. And one of the, you know, things we're always thinking about is earthquakes or other disasters and, you know, electricity goes out. And, you know, yesterday we had a blackout and all our neighbors hmm. were out in the, in the street, garage doors not opening. And we're all meeting our neighbors and talking and, and whether it's great, revival and multitudes coming to the Lord, or there's, you know, great disasters and, and conflict and whatever it is, I, I want to have a model and a net that is capable of, you know, doing whatever God wants to do and just to be caught up in his movement. And, and so that's something that's become really important to me. That, that model or that net, do you, do you see that as being tied to your vision for local church being a center for movement? Yes, I think so. I I really believe we 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 need all expressions of church. You know, God's blessing the mega churches, he's blessing the house churches, the you know, the contemporary churches and so many expressions. But as I look in the scriptures, I I just see the the brilliance of, you know, what Jesus started. You know, people gathering together in homes or wherever they are, and just the, the power of the gospel. Yeah, my, my main thought is, you know, God is moving and Holy Spirit is moving, and I just want to get whatever hindrances are in the way out of, out of the way. And I think most of it is in my mind and in my heart and in my set ways and traditions. Hmm. But I do see that with, with house churches and, and reproducible models, you know, to to start a church in the Bay Area to to rent something or to buy property, you know, and to raise tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to pursue a traditional church plant, I think that's so valuable and needed. But at the same time, it's not very uh, readily reproducible with the, you know, we, we would really need millions and billions of dollars to be able to have enough churches to reach all the people who are in the Bay Area and so with what, what I saw Jesus, what I see Jesus and the apostles doing, you know, they're taking no money bag with them. They're able mm. to enter into the harvest and find persons of peace, insiders that God has been preparing to reach their community. And, and really, uh, any, any Christian, any believer and follower of Jesus is capable of just being that spark. And we don't have to be you know, trapped in that traditional mindset of, you know, I need to raise funds and get a core group together and all the things, you know, that we, um, I grew up understanding about church planning. 
I I see what Jesus doing and the apostles doing, and I I think it's just so flexible and and free <laughs> and financially liberating, and we could church is to me ecclesia. It's I've been excited about studying that word. It's to me it's just the mm. the government of God, how we come under God's government and. In my studies, I'm finding it more as a political and governmental term and not so much a, a religious term. And so to me, church is where people come under under the lordship of Jesus, the king, and we, we, we follow him and pursue him. And we see people's lives transformed as they come under the, you know, the glorious, beautiful leadership of Jesus to, and, and God's will for our lives and, and bringing healing and restoration and purpose and all of those things and 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 whatever shape and form that takes place, I don't want to hinder Holy Spirit in any of that. And if He wants to use our traditional church models, awesome. But I believe the church, house church and re- reproducible church models are are so needed, and I, and that's what I see in the scriptures. And so that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm excited to to be able to do what we do. Yeah. I remember I had a guest on a couple months ago who talked about the meaning of Ecclesia, and I wasn't terribly familiar with that governmental picture. So I appreciate you sharing that and reminding us again. I'm wondering, what would be your heart or your prayer for the local church that maybe doesn't really have right now a vision for evangelism or discipleship? If I were in that place, I would ask myself, you know, why did I sign up for this in the first place? Hmm. You know, what was the passion, the spark that, you know, made me fall in love with Jesus? And really, you know, uh, what was that first love? And and I would just, you know, search my heart, my journey and the scriptures and, and see what Jesus did and see where my life meets with what, what how Jesus is leading. And just to have that, that vision that I believe you know, we all get to play. <laughs> you know, there's there's nobody who is, you know, disqualified. I, some of the people, the most people that are regularly out in the harvest with me are people who are quiet, soft-spoken introverts. And oh. that's so exciting to see that, you know, God uses all sorts of people with all sorts of personalities and for churches and, you know, big churches, mega churches, small churches. I think just to be faithful with what we have and, in the body of Christ, every church, every believer is vital and essential. A God really has great plan and purposes for each one. And, and we, it, we really need to see the expression of the kingdom of God and, his, and, and there's vibrancy and life in, in the word of God and, the, and in the leading of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. And, and if, if, if churches would capture that vision and, and, I see just, you know, what, what Paul did in, in the book of Acts, just seeing no place left in his region and having to move on to the, another area, just that explosive power of the gospel. I'm, I'm, if to understand that that's, that's available to all of us, that the glorious gospel God's given us, it's, there's really nothing like it to, to bring transformation. And if we would just put up our sails and, and just to you know pursue God, I, I know God has beautiful things in store for for every church, and and I just just want to encourage and bless and release each church to be what God has called them to be, and and I believe that's in making disciples, and so 
we just want to encourage pastors, you know, uh, find people who are doing this. And, and, and I didn't want to just be a pastor who, you know, said, you know, you go and do this. I wanted to be a bivocational person and have a set block of my week to do this myself and, and be in the harvest myself. And so that I could tell people and take people out myself and train them and, and release them to train others. And, and it, it's really made something come alive in me. And, you know, what is, this is an interesting thing, but one of the things I've, I've heard more than once is somebody said after being out in the harvest and sharing the gospel with people that I've never met before and praying for people and, and seeing God moving and seeing people healed and, you know, receiving Christ and just amazing, glorious things happening. I've people heard people say, wow, I feel like I'm born again, again. Mm. Like, wow, we really get to do the book, the gospels and the book of Acts and God really is wanting to move. And, and the harvest really is ripe here in the Bay area. You know, I'm, I refuse to believe here or anywhere else that, you know, the harvest is not plentiful. I used to think that way. I used to think I don't have enough money, enough connections, enough time, whatever it is to, to, you know, do these things. And I, I lived with this poverty mentality that, you know, if only God would bless us with more money, more staff, more influence, more, more whatever. But I, there's come a shift that God's given us everything that we need to fulfill God's assignment for our mm-hmm. lives and for our churches. And if we would just begin to trust God, and if, if we need, need anything, we simply begin to pray, God, give us this day our daily bread. And we've had some amazing stories of just running into the right people at the right time, connecting with the people that we need to connect with. And, and God is so able, and I think he's so pleased that every little baby step we take and every little victory and every time we persevere through hardships and, you know, kind of the romance of the, the principles of multiplication and then coming into the reality of, wow, it, it's not working out as I had hoped. Mm. But coming back to that place of, I see it in the scriptures, I see it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the book of Acts and through the scriptures. And so I'm signing up, I'm going to pursue Jesus and what is it going to take? And I'm signing up again. And wow, I don't know. I, I'm just excited and talking now. I forgot what your question was. <laughs> no, this is this is great. This this is the passion, right? This this is what God's been doing. I'm wondering. We, we've talked a little bit about some of the impact to your church and some of the transition, some of the things that you've begun to see in your community. I'm wondering, since this shift, what's happened in your relationship with Christ? You know, I'm. I'm just sensing more just the delight of God that I get to do what Jesus did. Mm. I feel a, I don't know what the right word is. I'm just, I just use the word camaraderie, Mm. maybe, that I am, Jesus has called me into this intimate fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as I'm out in the harvest, sharing the gospel, making disciples, planting churches and reproducing leaders, I'm I'm walking where Jesus walked. I'm doing what he did. And and I get to call others to do the same. And I it, it's I, I feel it's just that the apostolic quality of what Jesus was doing in the sense that he says, the Father sent me with a clear purpose. And he was able to say no to so many things. And 
as I'm wanting to follow Jesus in that and how Jesus says to the disciples, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. I'm just sensing the heart of God that for every believer, every Christian, that 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 understanding that we've been sent by Jesus, even as the Father has sent him, just sensing the delight of that and and just the just the you know some things like one one another thing is like how God is so on the move and he has persons of peace ready and houses of peace, mm. Luke 10. But the way he wants us to go about it is so mundane and systematic and <laughs> in, in some ways, like go knock on doors, like, you know, God, how can why can't you just tell me the one person I need to go to? Why go through this whole systematic knocking on doors and going to village to village? There is just this interplay between spirit supernatural and natural and just the flow of the Holy Spirit. And I'm I'm finding a a balance in in learning to flow with the Holy Spirit that the fullness of the Holy Spirit is not just an experience or, or or a doctrine, but that we as believers, because Jesus is risen from the dead, He's given us His glorious Holy Spirit as a as a gift. And and out of every single believer, you know, rivers of living water are flowing from our inmost being. Mm. And I'm just learning to flow in the Holy Spirit more and just to just to delight in every aspect of my life, in my marriage, in my, you know, as a dad, as a pastor, as a friend, as a neighbor, as a citizen, just in every way and understanding that, you know, just uh, just to commune with him, pray without ceasing. I, I look at people differently. I see people with just, uh, just more with, you know, how God would see them and how can the gospel or the kingdom impact them and how can I call them to repentance, to see and think about God differently and the world and themselves differently, change how they think and and just just see this good news of what Jesus has done. So just to be able to partner with Jesus, that's just the delight that he not only causes us as, as, as slaves, but as friends, as, as those who know his heart and who know what is on his mind. And I just feel like, you know, a dad for his children and just to see my children growing in in God. And Hmm. I I just sense that with with the Lord and, you know, in my baby steps and, you know, just just growing to learn to understand his heart more and to grow in obedience and and in maturity and mature in love. And and it's it's been added a whole nother dimension to my my walk with God and just to be able to love Jesus and and I, to delight in what he does and to do what what he did. Yeah, this is this has been great. I'm wondering as we start to draw this to a close, how can we best pray for you? Yeah, thanks for asking. In with respect to what we've been talking about, I'd like to ask if you could pray for open doors for me to train more people. Mm. My heart's been getting burdened with the. The 7.7 million of the San Francisco Bay Area, you know, at first I was just thinking about the 50, 60,000 people who live in my city in Dublin, California. And I thought, oh, give me, you know, five to 10 years. I think we could reach our city and mm. at least share the gospel with everyone we meet here. And we, you know, the number of houses here. But I, God's been challenging me that my vision is much, much too small. And so I have had to make a shift and 
I think I just want to be able to pass this on to as many people as I can and to to equip disciple makers. And so if you would pray for opportunities to train and and so I'm going to go speak at when I'm invited as guest speaker to churches and retreats, I I want to take some of, you know, kingdom principles and movement principles and other things and just to imagine if Paul were going to different cities and churches, you know, what would he say that you know, like in the book of Acts, he'd go somewhere for a few days or weeks and and then come back and see them thriving. I mm. that that's just excites me. And yeah. so if pray for wisdom, for open doors to train, to partner with churches. I have a good relationship with many of the pastors we gather, we've been meeting for many years and and we're doing a lot of things together in the area of prayer and in the area of community service and, and things like that. But pray for favor for I, I just want to see teams going out daily in our city and in the Bay Area and seeing salvations daily and church, churches being planted often. Pray for opportunities for training. And also just for me personally, you know, for for our family, for, for our marriage, children. I have a six-year-old son and mm-hmm. an eight-month-old eight daughter now and oh, just wow. being just the joys of raising children and and being family, just to being able to balance that with church work and a church body movement, missions work, and a lot of things. Yeah, just, I'm always learning. And so just pray for wisdom and balancing that and, and pray for me as a, as a pastor, just to be, have wisdom and, and to grow as a leader and just to be able to proclaim what I'm, I've been going through the book of Luke and been preaching it since this the beginning of this year and i'm just so falling in love with the gospels and the raw gospel and just pray for me that i would declare the gospel to everything that moves and breathes Mm. (laughs) you know christians that we would see what jesus did and follow him and and for those who don't don't know christ to just to be able to see see the kingdom of god come in power and you know the word of the lord run swiftly and be glorified in this region i I want to be a part of that. And so those are the things that come to my mind. Yeah. So, so I'd like, if, as, as you're listening, I'd like to just encourage you to take a minute right now, pause the recording and pray for David and for his family, pray for him and his children, for the ministry opportunities, for the, the relationships and all of the, the various parts of this. I know if you're like me, it's really easy to say, I'll, I'll get that tonight when I go to bed or I'll pray in the morning. But if you're like me, there's a good chance you're going to forget. So I would just ask that you do that right now. Pray for David, pray for his church and pray for what God's doing. And then, you know, if you feel so inclined and want to connect with him, visit the show notes, engagingmissions.com slash David Kim. We'll have some ways for you to connect with him right there. David, I'd just like to say a huge thank you. I so appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh, you're so welcome, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. I've enjoyed it. And and thanks again. I have a resource to share with you, and it's something that one of you sent to me. So, Kyle, thanks for sending this. This is a resource called Church Planting Lessons, How We Planted 100 Discovery Groups. And I'm not going to read the article to you because I'd like for you to go and check that out. You'll find it at lovingallpeoples.com or just check the show notes. We'll have it linked up for you right there. A couple of things that I found interesting about this particular article 
is that most of these 100 discovery groups started in the U.S. and it's now starting to spread to other countries and other cities. A lot of times we think of these kinds of things as starting elsewhere and potentially coming here. These started here. And this article has two vital keys that they've picked up that they've found to be incredibly effective in church planning. So I'd encourage you to check that out. It's going to be available in the show notes. You can click right on through and go check out that article. And Kyle, one more time, thanks for sending that in. It is time for some listener feedback. This came from Justin, and I just want to say that I really love the opportunity to hear from each of you. Justin recommended the Engaging Missions Facebook page on Facebook, and the recommendation that he wrote really spoke to me, and I really appreciated it, so I wanted to share it with you. I did ask him for permission, so Justin, thanks for leaving that. And if you want to check this out and make sure that I'm telling the truth, I do have a link there in the show notes so you can click on through as well. Justin said, this is one of the best missions-based podcasts out there by far. Lots of real-world experience being shared that can benefit anyone feeling called to mission work. Justin, I want to say thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. It meant a lot to me when I first read it. But not only does it mean a lot to me emotionally, it also means to me that I'm accomplishing some of the things that I'd hoped that I would be able to do through this show because it's ministering to you. So Justin, thanks for doing that. Everybody else, thank you also when you've sent in feedback to feedback at engagingmissions.com or if you've left a rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or if you've sent something in on the survey, I really appreciate hearing from you. It really does help me make the show better and it also encourages me. So thank you each who have done that. And Justin, thank you for this specific recommendation. I appreciate it. That's all the time that we have for today. And I have a growing list of people to say thank you to. First off, David, for taking the time to be with us. Justin and Kyle for sending in those resources and that feedback, as well as several of you who have sent in recent survey responses. I really appreciated getting those. Jeff and Gab, you thank you for the work that you do to help make this show possible. You may not know, but Jeff helps me with some of the editing for this show, and Gabby helps with the show notes. They bring a lot to the table, and I really appreciate that. I also appreciate each of you, those of you who come back every week or every couple of weeks and join us for this show. I appreciate you being here. Those who have taken the time to share or to send feedback or to talk about the show, I very much appreciate that. Show notes for this week's episode are available at engagingmissions.com slash David Kim, or if you're listening in your favorite podcast app, just tap or swipe or however you get there. That's going to be the best way that you can connect with our guest and find links to the resources that we talked about. Make sure that you come back in a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking with our guest about how God has transformed his life and some of the incredible things that he's seen God do. The best way to do that is to visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe and then subscribe using your favorite podcast app. You can get it delivered absolutely for free so that you don't miss it. And if you found this valuable, help us spread the word. You might be the person that God uses to create a connection, to deepen a relationship, or to provide valuable resources as you sow into his kingdom. Thanks again so much for being here. I really look forward to connecting in a couple of weeks.